Hi there, and welcome back for another episode of Pour It Out with Alina Beverly. I'm your host, Alina, and I'm super excited to have you join me today. A little change in plans. Uh, today, we were going to kick off some chats with my partners, uh, postponing that one week. And today, instead, I have a super special episode for you. It is one of our chat with the pastors. And I've got Pastor Matt Kaiser from Centerpoint Church. And it was a fantastic conversation. Um, Matt and I actually met, we worked together over a decade ago, um, and met each other there. We have been active in the community together. I have gotten to know him through different things out at Centerpoint, um, and through social media. And we have communicated through social media. We've communicated, um, in passing when we see each other, but this was actually the first time we had sat down and had an actual conversation. And it was so good. It's rich. He's got just such a heart for people, such a heart for the church, so such a heart for unity, such a heart for our community. And it all shines through out of every aspect of this episode. So um, I think you're going to really enjoy it. And um, the best part of it for me personally, and you'll hear us kind of chat about this, but we got to record on a beautiful, beautiful day. And um, it feels it felt more like spring and Pastor Matt is a snowbird. He loves, he loves all the snow. And so um, I just felt like it was kind of a gift from Jesus to be able to record with him on such a beautiful day. Um, so yeah, <laughs> we laughed about that and joked about it and uh, it was just fun. We had a really, really good conversation and I hope that you all enjoy. So grab a cup of coffee or tea or whatever you have, and join us as we pour it out. All right, Matt Kaiser, it's good to have you. Thanks for being here. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. And it's such a beautiful day. Are you so excited? No, Elena, listen, it's February. You and it's know, like 60 degrees. What is it? What is it's, this? It's mid-February, and here's what I'm going to tell you. In a month when all the bugs are out and the mosquitoes and you're complaining and everybody in the area is complaining, I want to say, you remember in January and February no. when it was 70 degrees no. and mild? No, here's my my thing back to you. So back when we had that like big freeze and it was freezing, 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 frigid, and then it got warm again, there were bugs out. And I was like, that is a lie. They don't kill No, bugs. you need more than a couple days. You no. need long stretches of and, winter and mm -mm. ice and snow. Nope. And nope, nope, nope. And also last year or the year before, we had a really terrible winter and the bugs were still miserable. So that's not, I was like, this is so perfect that we're recording today because yeah. it is so gorgeous. Yeah, I think uh, God has a sense of humor. So yeah, I I will enjoy it, right? We will be outside. The kids will be outside. Be I like want to love, I know it's, but it's stupid. It's February, <laughs> what? It's like the day after Valentine's day and 70 degrees. So, oh. so yes, it's a beautiful day. Yes, I'm going to complain <laughs> because it should be snowy and it's not. And well, I'm real happy. I was real happy that I was interviewing <laughs> you of all people. Well, you know, there's a few of us here that still appreciate good Ohio cold weather. Yeah. Well, sorry. Yeah. I am loving all yeah, yeah. of it. Um, okay. Well, 
tell us a little bit about you. Yeah. Well, first, thank you for one, this podcast been really, really great, really inspirational that you took the step and started doing it. It's been really cool to, to hear how God is using you and your voice and people you're bringing on. And I don't know why in the world you would ever invite me uh, to be on this podcast, but here we are. And I was also thinking about this, like, um, I'll get to me in a minute. I don't like talking about myself, but like, when did we first meet? I Was it when you worked for the state and yeah. when we worked for the state? So yeah. But seems you were like, so quiet. We didn't yeah, even yeah. talk. Yeah, I know. Right. And actually, this is actually our first real conversation. Yeah, I was telling true. a friend that I said, I've never actually had a conversation other than through like Instagram yeah. and like small chit chats in passing. Mm-hmm. In passing. But so this will be fun because it's the first yeah, time yeah. that we've really sat down. And yeah. Like, so we were actually, when we worked together at the state, we were actually, so you worked unemployment uh-huh. and I was on the reemployment workforce side. So we were told we weren't allowed to talk to anybody in the building. So that's only like, that's actually partially true, but yeah, there was this weird divide between what we did and what you all did. And it was this like really serene, quiet, peaceful environment. Whereas like our little group of four or five were probably obnoxious. So we were kicked out of the building a lot. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, that was a long, long time ago. Well, yeah, I was pregnant and I like went on maternity leave and came back and it wasn't long after I came back that you had stepped into mm-hmm. full-time ministry. Mm-hmm. And so literally like all I remember is seeing you mm-hmm. like walk around the office yeah. um, a little bit here and there. And I think maybe saying hi to you, yeah. but that's about it. Yeah. That's about the extent that of it. Was it. Yeah. So me, um, I'm from Chillicothe. So born and raised. And, you know, I always tell people this, like, um, at least in our, my age group, there were two groups of people from the area. There were those that I cannot wait to get out of Chillicothe as soon as I am 18 or graduate, peacing out. And I'm never, that was you. And here you are. Right. (laughs) And here I am. Right. And so then there was the other group of people, you know, them, they have to this day have never left Mm -hmm. Ross County. And so those were the two groups of people. I was always in the middle. I love Chillicothe and yet I wanted to get, I moved out as soon as I could. Um, moved away to college, couldn't wait to leave, but I always knew I would come back. I love, I love where I'm from. Um, I thought it would be closer to, I thought we would retire here. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to retire here. It just looked a little differently. So, um, from Chillicothe, love my hometown. Um, been married to, uh, Amber, my wife now for 21 plus years. So yeah, it's been a while, been a, mm-hmm. been a, been a journey. So, mm-hmm. Um, she's from the area, grew up in a small town called Hallsville, went to Zane Trace. So if you've ever been out to Hawking Hills, you've probably passed the house that she grew up in. And uh, we grew up in church together. And so um, she was a, she's a few years older than me. She's going to, you might want to edit that part out <laughs> if this makes it. She's going to be so mad that I said that. But just a few years, not um, nothing drastically. Um, but anyway, we got married and then we moved away to Virginia Beach. And yeah, that beach, the one that's like, we were seven miles from the beach and we probably went once a year. We lived there for about four years. We would never go during like the tourist season because it was just jam packed. Um, We literally lived seven miles from the beach and we would go uh, very rarely if people would come from out of town, Hey, we're in town, whatever. And then we go. So my plan was to keep moving down the coast. 
and eventually moved to Florida, which I know is going to wreck your brain because there's zero snow mm -hmm. in Florida. Mm -hmm. um, that was my plan. And then um, we might get to this later, but then we started having children and uh, we just never wanted to move, um, move our kids and from grandparents. So um, had our first son and moved back to Ohio and have been here ever since. So um, didn't know what that would look like for us when we came back and uh, ended up going back to the church we grew up in and that was forever ago. And now we're a part of Centerpoint Church and have been since way before uh, day one. So, And you are the administrative pastor, is that right? Yeah, you can call it anything. So it's officially executive pastor. Executive pastor so okay. over administration, over finances, okay. all the all the business type things of the church. Yeah. All the fun stuff. All the fun stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then remind me ages and names of your kids. Yes. So we have four kids and they are from senior. Isaiah is a senior all the way down to our baby girl, who is a kindergartner. So we will have in a 24-hour period a kindergarten graduation oh and a senior uh, graduate. And I will be, but my wife is already a wreck. So we have Isaiah, who's a senior. He's 18, just turned 18 two days ago. Uh, we have Noah, who's 14. He's a freshman. And then we have, just because there's no benchmark year to this, we have London, who's uh, eight be nine here in a couple weeks, third grade. And then Elliot, our baby girl, who is six and a kindergarten and people always ask, so did you keep going until you had a girl? And the answer is no. Like we were, we were apparently not officially finished, um, but we were done having kids. And as a matter of fact, um, let's see, us would have been in 2015, 16. Um, she was born in 16. When my wife found out she was pregnant, I was actually in Houston at some executive pastor coaching. I was on a bus going from one place to where we were having dinner. And my wife called to let me know that she was pregnant. And uh, she knew that um, it was probably better that I was far away because we weren't we were not expecting to have another child. And but looking back, obviously, like, thank God, like mm -hmm. she's our baby girl. She's God sent. She was she's everything we ever wanted. And uh, my wife's best friend, my best friend. So, Aww. yeah. So I remember when you guys announced that you were having her and like my jaw dropped. And at that yeah. time, I mean, it's, we've always kind of had this, like, I know you, but I don't relationship mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I remember being like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah, yeah we, that, that was our reaction to Elena. So we have like, so a lot of our friends that are, you know, our age, like they're about to be empty nesters mm -hmm. in the next year, two, three years. And like, there's some jealousy. It's like, oh, like I see how quote easy their life is. And it's like, we're really kind of starting over. Um, I like to say that it's keeping me young, having wow. young children. Um, and it is. And also the reality of we're older, you know, so uh -huh. um, but yeah, it was a shell shock for us. And then so once we kind of got used to, OK, we're we're having another baby, we started to think, OK, clearly this is going to be another boy. Right. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. God is not going to give us a girl like there's he's not. He loves us too much to have a girl. So we have all we know how to parent mm -hmm. boys. Mm -hmm. We know we have all the boys things. Mm -hmm. And then we found out we're having a girl. And uh, I think it was Isaiah. Gosh, so at the time he was, you know, 12, 11 or 12. 
when he found out we're having a, a girl, like he literally like shared my sentiment and cried, like, we can't have a girl, you know, um, but they're best friends now. So obviously, but yeah, God has a sense of humor. Um, we were finished. We weren't having a girl and here we are. Uh -huh. So, and she is, um, she is, she's been raised by wolves so she can mm -hmm. handle herself. She's mm -hmm. tough, sassy and all the things, you know, mm -hmm. you know how the girls are. Mm -hmm. So. Yes, I do. My, well, our brother-in-law and sister-in-law, they, it's the, the same story. Mm -hmm. They, Ashton will be a, um, he is a senior this year and then they have their youngest is a, is a girl and, um, she's in preschool mm -hmm. and it's the same thing. I mean, they had three boys mm -hmm. and it was like, I remember, um, when Jenny was pregnant with their third, she was like, you know, I could kind of go either way. Like we know how to do boys. Yeah. And so I, so when she found out it was a boy, she was like, I know how to do this. Right. And then, um, however many years, three or four years later, when Quinn came along, she was like, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. It's completely different. Yeah. And it, so it's the same. I mean, yeah. she's got three older brothers mm -hmm. and, um, so she's rough and tough, but she's mm -hmm. also like very, very princessy. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's funny to hear you talk. Yeah. So I'm like, yep, they live that life too. Yeah, we can relate. So um, that's fun. Um, so I want to hear you are someone who um, I know you have a passion for chilla coffee. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've said it, but also you live it mm -hmm. and your life speaks that and screams that. Um, so as you have been praying over our city mm -hmm. and over our community, um, What's the Lord been showing? Yeah, great question. I love that you asked that. Um, you know, I think, you know, I've been here for most of my whole life. And and this might be really just for the community, like the church community. But, you know, when you ask that question, for me, it's stay faithful. You know, it's um, whatever, wherever, whatever God has for you, like stay faithful. Um, and I'll throw out a funny Christian word, but steward what you have. I, said it, I think I said it before, but... Um, it's a funny word. I don't think you've ever, you don't ever hear it anywhere in any other business or any other. I'm just going to steward what I have. And, and really people say things like manage or oversee. And I think steward what we have, manage what we have. Um, God's entrusted us with so much and, you know, maximize that, take care of it. And when those opportunities come, like, you know, as they come and God gives, like and provides, and he will continue to do so. But um, stay faithful, steward what you have, and then stand firm. Um, stand firm in the truth, stand firm in what God has given us. Um, I think it's so easy in Southern Ohio and Chillicothe to, um, I think it seeps down into just our individual culture of, well, but I'm not that, or we're not that, or we're not as nice as that. And it's like, that's okay. Be true to who God has called you to be. Stay faithful with that. Stand firm in that. And so um, those are just some th thoughts and ideas as I prayed for, you know, our community. Um, really, maybe our, our church and pastoral community is just just stay faithful. Mm -hmm. And I heard, I asked, um, I think it was Pastor, Pastor Mark of Open Door. It was before the holidays. You know, he's been in ministry for 30-some years now. And I said, At, if you can. And, you know, a minute or two minutes of your time, give me one thing that you have learned, your greatest thing. And I don't know if it was just off the cuff. And he said something just really poignant. And he said, we have to teach people that there is sacred in the routine. And I thought, Ooh. man, that is, yeah, right? That's real good. But yeah, that hit me like sacred in the routine because, 
again, we always, it's so easy in our world and even in, in small town Ohio, well, we're not Columbus or we're not Cincinnati or I'm not this. I don't have these things. And it's like, we always want something bigger, something better. And it's like, no, there's, there's sacred in who God has called you to be. There's mm-hmm. sacred in the routine, right? Um, it's so easy in, in church world too, to want the shine. I call it the shiny ball. We want flashy things and we want to grow this way. And it's like, no, like there's sacred in the routine, even in our individual walk with God. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, we're always looking for the next greatest mm-hmm. thing, right? And the next greatest revelation of something. I was like, mm-hmm. no, actually, how about we just, I heard another concept, I don't know, a couple of years ago, but I, I don't know the pastor or the author, I think Wayne Grudel, maybe he said, beautify the basics. Mm-hmm. I was like, cause it's so easy to get trapped into. I want more or God give me more. And it's like, no, no, no. Like the principles that have been around and for thousands of years are still true, right? Mm-hmm. Spend time with God, read the word of God and um, worship him. Like just beautify the basics, get better at the basics. And so anyway, um, I think those are just some things like I'm just praying over our community yeah. is just stay faithful, yeah. um, steward what you have, stand firm with what you have. And uh, let's just see what God can do through that. Yeah, I love that. Um, I love that. And there's an author that I really like, um, Havila Cunnington. She is out at Bethel mm-hmm. and she always says like, you know, sometimes you just got to in like being back in the basics and stuff. She's like, just do the last thing that God told you to do. Like, instead of chasing after Mm -hmm. the next thing, like do the last thing Mm -hmm. that he said and do it well and and stay Mm -hmm. there until it's done well. And Mm -hmm. then when he's ready for you to move on, he'll show you Mm -hmm. where to go. Mm -hmm. And so I love that. I love that. And I think it's something that I need to be reminded of. I mean, I think we all need to be reminded of it because it is the culture that we live Mm -hmm. in. Um, we're doing a a study on Daniel right now and just the whole like Babylonian empire Mm -hmm. and like how it's just want more and more and Mm -hmm. the extravagance and Mm -hmm. the indulgence of all the things more. And it's like, no, like just the basics, steward what Mm -hmm. you have. And and as you are faithful with Mm -hmm. what you have, he'll, he'll Mm -hmm. provide more and Mm -hmm. he'll provide advances. Yeah. And I, you know, I go back to again, I I don't know, I, I, I should ask my own kids, I reckon, but um, you know, but in overall, like our, our, this generation of students or, you know, young college age, you know, for me, again, it was, I can't wait to leave and I'm never coming back or I'm never leaving. I'd love to know like the psychological breakdown of our, our students now, because I think that's true, right? It's like, so therefore there's this, always this chase to not like what you have. Mm-hmm. And so like that for me is, you know, just stay, stay faithful. Like yeah. you're here for a purpose. And if you're, but if your mind is always on, well, I, I belong there. I need to be there. I can't wait to leave here. Well, then we're not being faithful to what God has yeah. already given for us. And, and then we wonder why, why God's not blessing where it is that we go to, um, because we haven't been faithful to what he's already given us. Yeah. So I love that. Um, okay. So switch gears just mm-hmm. for a little bit. Okay. Um, so, you know, like we said, like we have, been connected, but not truly connected. So like, I know things about your life, but not in depth. And so one thing that I have always wondered Mm -hmm. is every year I see it pop up on Mm -hmm. Isaiah's birthday. And it's funny because I wanted to talk to you about this. And then I saw that it was his birthday and I was like, well, the timing of that was great. Mm -hmm. Um, But I want to hear his story. I want to hear. Yeah. So um, 
try to do it without being too emotional. But so it's funny every time, every year we, you know, uh, my wife and I have the conversation of should we, should we post and, and remind people his, his story? Cause we all have a story. And for us, it's a, no, look what, look what God has done. Um, and he is a testimony and we all have testimonies and my gosh, like we should share them because one, we always need to be reminded. Mm -hmm. And two, we never know the impact that story will have for someone else. And so Isaiah, so yeah, he just turned 18 on Sunday and honestly, Elena, we never, um, we never knew what his life would look like. Um, so he was born, um, severely premature. He was, um, 16 weeks early. Yeah. And uh, as a matter of fact, it was a Super Bowl weekend, obviously. And um, I get a call. I was actually going from class to class. I was um, a student at Regent University and um, a friend of mine um, caught me coming out of the elevator and said, hey, Amber just got a hold of me like you need to you need to meet up with her. And so went home and found out that she was um, uh, going into labor and uh went to you know just her her you know her normal doctor in chesapeake virginia and um funny story there like the doctor who is over um labor delivery where isaiah was born um in norfolk told the paramedics hey make sure you take him to they have a really good um nationwide it's a NICU hospital and you, you've got to take them there. And the paramedics are like, no, we're taking them to a different hospital because that's where we have jurisdiction. And so I'm literally fighting with the paramedics, like in the elevator saying, you know, I will throw down because like we've got to get him where he needs to be. And so anyway, we get there and they get her under control for a couple of days. Obviously, at that point, um, the, the plan is to just keep Isaiah inside as long as possible. And my uh, my wife is so so strong and so incredible. She uh, was able to hold on for a few more days, and uh, ultimately Isaiah was born. Yeah, February twelfth, two thousand five. Really early. Weighed two pounds, one ounce. He uh, was just almost translucent. I could hold him literally in the palm of my hand. And um, he, uh, what we found out was, you know, we didn't really know. Like we didn't know what we're dealing with. Um, you just know, like, hey, there's this little baby. And, um, and so we learned a lot over the next several months. Um, he was in the, in the NICU for five months to the day. Um, he was on a, uh, breathing machine for 70, my, my mind's getting a little, a little old, but 74 to 77 days. He was on, um, yeah, he was on breathing, breathing tubes, couldn't breathe on his own. And, um, what we found out was, and this is really cool. So we, our, his primary nurse to this day, we're friends with. And so like we, they have seen each other since, but like when Isaiah was like really young, but um, she was a godsend, she was an angel. And so what we found out was statistically um, white babies, white boys, so they call it wimpy white, white boys. Uh, statistically, they have the, lo um, the lowest survival rates in the NICU. And, and so like we get hit with that information, like, oh gosh, like we already, obviously now he's frail. Um, and then now like he's got, statistically um by ethnicity he's he's got the lowest chance to survive and so um yeah so that was our life for five months and just going into the NICU he's had two surgeries when he was in the NICU um he had a there's there's it's called a PDA ligation which part of 
when a baby first is born naturally, they, when they kind of let, let out that first cry, like, um, their, uh, flap will open or close. Well, his never did. And so they had to go in and surgically take care of that. Um, and then with preemies, their, um, their eye, his eyes hadn't fully, the blood vessels hadn't fully formed, uh, in his eyes. And so they have to laser surgery and cut out all the dead, uh, vessels. And, uh, so he really doesn't, he doesn't have good, um, uh, panoramic side wide view, um, in his eyes. And, uh, and so, yeah, anyway, um, NICU life for five months to the day we were told, um, I don't know, at some point it was, it was early on the first month or so, uh, we would go in, um, every evening from like four till whenever they kick us out 10 o'clock. And so we'd catch the doctors doing their rounds and then spend the evening, um, in there. And, uh, one night we came in and, um, his, they would turn his oxygen up based on how he's doing, obviously how his lungs were doing. Well, um, he had a collapsed lung. He had pneumonia also developed in his lungs. And so we had walked in and his oxygen levels were, you know, you're trying to get him down to nothing. And they had him up to like a hundred and like, we're like, what is going on? We thought we had made some progress and doctors pulled us aside, took us into a little room and said, Hey, um, we're not sure he'll make it tonight. And I was like, whoa, like, what do you mean? Like, that was, that was real. Um, and uh, so we obviously spent the day just in his room, praying over him, you know, you're in a, you know, just a uh, sur surreal environment. You know, there's four or five, six other babies and, you know, a lot of buttons and bells going off and um, you're just praying, God, like, get us, get us through this night. And uh, thank God um, he, he survived the night and uh, um, was able to uh, overcome that and just slowly and steadily um, was able to um, make progress. And uh, lo and behold, here, here we have an 18 year old. Um, so yeah, he, we were told all the things like, we don't know the quality of his life. Um, we don't know his long-term vision um, by the age of, you know, four or five, we'll have to have additional surgeries, which, you know, he's, he's had some corrective eye surgery since, but um, we don't know about, you know, um, because of the impact on his lung, we just don't know how the quality of his life will be and, um, you know, all the things. Um, but we, we uh, every night, Elena, we would, and I just, I kind of, every year I'll go back and just listen to this old Michael W. Smith song. And I don't know why this was the song, um, an old song that just literally would just repeat the lyrics, let it rain. Mm -hmm. And then it would say like, open the floodgates of heaven and just let it rain. And we literally every night, um, I don't know what we had. I'm sure we had a phone or something, but we would play that over his little, his little box. And, uh, we pray over him every night and just cry over him every night. And, uh, and so anyway, God, God, uh, used the team there and God provided miracles obviously in his life. And, uh, he's, you know, he's, he's healthy, he's strong, he's mm -hmm. smart, you know, all the things that they prepared us that he may not be, um, he may and not be able to, athlete, yeah, so I mean, he, like... he, he plays sports, you yeah. know, and, um, you know, I, even last night we're outside and uh, he's playing basketball and I, you can hear some, you can still hear that wisp in his lungs. And it's like, even last night I was like, dude, are you okay? And it, it just, that's just normal for him. Mm -hmm. And it's like something that just his body has just adapted to through the years, but there's still this little gas, but oh my gosh, you know, um, but yeah, he's, 
plays uh, baseball and basketball and uh, no limitations and no physical limitations. Um, God has just been so faithful and uh, he is quite frankly, our, our testimony and our yeah. miracle boy and um, all the things that they prepared us for ha hasn't happened. Yeah. Um, so that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. I, yeah. like I said, it's, it's one of those things where I see it pop up every year and I'm thankful yeah. for it. Cause it's just like, it's just the reminder of like mm -hmm. what God can do and, mm -hmm. and his faithfulness. Yeah. And so, um, but I have always wanted to know yeah. like the story. So yeah, that's it. That's the story. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Since I pushed my podcast with my partners back a week, I wanted to take a minute and just share about them. Um, first of all, Sweet William Blossom Boutique. They are actually closed. Uh, they had a killer Valentine's Day. Um, thank you for everyone who shopped them, who bought from them, um, who spoiled your loved ones with goodies from there. Um, those they are taking a much needed much deserved break for a week uh, but as soon as they get back into the swing of things go check them out if you did not check out their chocolate covered strawberries or their gourmet apples or their flowers for valentine's day go do it now they are amazing any of the time and um, are just the perfect pick-me-up gift anytime or a treat yourself gift for yourself um, roast coffee, they, it's the best coffee in town, hands down. They are just the best. They also serve breakfast and lunch, uh, Saturday breakfast. Go check them out. And Maggie and Meek Candle Company, um, seriously the best candles I've ever smelled. Go check them out. Um, if you haven't, you can check them all out on social media. You can buy their stuff locally down on 2nd Street. Uh, the candles are sold at High Five Bakery, at New System Bakery, uh, and a few other places downtown. Check their social media to find all the information out and just hang tight. We will have detailed episodes with all of the partners coming up in the next few weeks. And I promise you, you do not want to miss it. Okay, so one thing, um, and I've told you this this is one thing that I've said often to you is I love your heart for unity mm -hmm. and I see you um, consistently pouring into other pastors. Mm -hmm. I see you consistently showing up um, in the community when there's things going on. Um, just all the things mm -hmm. like you can tell when somebody really cares about unity mm -hmm. and when they just say they care mm -hmm. about unity Um and you're somebody who lives that out. And then I've noticed you over the past few months going to like the pastor's thing mm -hmm. on Thursdays. And, um, and so I just kind of want to chat about mm -hmm. that. Like, what is, what is that for you? Like mm -hmm. where, what does unity look like for mm -hmm. you? Where does that passion come from? And also for people who pastors are not, mm -hmm. um, what does that look like to to really walk in that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great, great questions. First of all, like you, you are the chief <laughs> unity uh, in in the kingdom, and certainly in Chillicothe. Like you are really inspirational in that, mm -hmm. and like I pray that every church and pastor has 
Elena's at their church that are one encouraging because you're an encourager and you live and breathe kingdom church work, not just for um, your church that you attend, but like literally the church and your involvement with, you know, the pastors and Jeanette, Denise with National Days of Prayer, National Day of Prayer is like legit inspiring and we need more of that. And um, so for me, Gosh, it's a great question. I remember it's funny. Pastor Sean and I were just talking about this the other day. We think we were both at a meeting like in the early 2000s, mid 2000s, maybe, maybe mid 2000s, before, way before Centerpoint. I think it was after we had moved back and to Chillicothe. And so he would have been like newer. And I think we were at the same meeting and it was this attempt to bring churches and teams and pastors together. And I won't say where, because where it's, where it doesn't matter and who was leading it doesn't matter. The, the intention was incredible. And so I was the new young guy and um, I didn't know Pastor Sean. I don't know if we were actually at the same meeting or if we just had a different meeting, but the same mm-hmm. reaction to it. And we sat in, at, in this um, part of the church for probably two hours. And I don't know how many churches were there. Um, I would say at least a dozen plus here in the area, maybe 20 churches and some of their pastoral staff and leaders. And I remember after about two hours, I didn't speak, you know, cause I didn't, I wanted to be respectful. And I, I always have to process like who all's in the room and what's at play, what are we trying to accomplish, et cetera. And um, about two hours in, like we were gaining no ground and it was literally, it was a waste of my time. And I, the only thing I said in this meeting was, if this is what church unity is, count me out. Like, because if we're just going to come together and bicker over who can do what, I'm out. And um, I don't know what ever happened to that group after that. If they did anything, I, I think we see the fruit of it now. Um, and so I think for me, like this, go back, when you look at just Appalachia in general, I think in Southern Ohio, there's this, and I think it's, I don't think it's unique to our area. I do think it is something the enemy has used in church world um, for decades upon decades. It's that we can't work together. Mm-hmm. We can't pray together. We can't even have coffee together. It's I'm going to do my own thing and that's it. And I think um, historically, I know Pastor Chris's dad, um, Pastor Eric, and there was a group of, I think it was Father Rick Terry and um, a couple others that like, they, they would get together and pray. And it would break my heart to hear that there was like two or three of them. I'm like, gosh, there's how many churches in the area? Mm-hmm. Dozens upon dozens upon dozens. And I mean, you, you experience it with mm-hmm. National Day of Prayer. Like mm-hmm. the, the amount of churches that, and pastors that, you know, are involved is, it's kind of mm-hmm. sad to me. Um, and so anyway, like there's this psychological mindset of I'm going to hold on to mine and I'm not going to work together. And um, that breaks my heart. Because it's not about for me, like I've been a part of Centerpoint now for almost, you know, what, 14 years. It's not about Centerpoint. Like, mm-hmm. good gracious, like God's kingdom is so much bigger than what we're doing. And there's so many incredible churches, mm-hmm. so many incredible pastors right here in Chillicothe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know like even a few weeks ago, I met somebody here and uh, newer to the area and they were, you know, hey, we're, we're we just moved in from, you know, where, wherever, and we're looking at a few different churches. And I'm like, like, go where, like, we're, this, 
I love our church, mm -hmm. but I will give you a list of great churches mm -hmm. and pastors um, in our area and please go. And it's not about us. And so anyway, unity, like um, I just think for me, like my personal, uh, my personality is a connector anyway. Um, I want to be a bridge where my connect people to people. And I think the same for churches, like we should be connected. And I think there's this, I know going back, you know, again, 15, 20 years ago, I think we were, what it was, we were trying to plan either an outreach or some big um, worship event. Mm -hmm. And so then you get into, well, who's going to speak mm -hmm. or who's going to lead? We got to have all like this church lead worship. And then you start, then now I'm going to hold on to mine. And it's like, no, like, I think we can all have different expressions of how we do a Sunday service. Mm -hmm. And that's beautiful. Like that's how, like it should be designed because um, they, there should be different styles of churches that are going to reach different groups of people. And, but that doesn't mean that pastors and churches can't be united together because at the end of the day, like our goals are the same. And I think what's happened is, and again, it's not unique to us, but or Southern Ohio, it's we compete literally for the same group of church people. Mm -hmm. And it's like, there's a lost and hurting dying world out there. And why am I going to compete over the person going to another church or loosely going to another church down the road? No, no, no. Like, how about you reach who God's called you to reach mm -hmm. and you, you reach and we'll do the same. But then let's get together and like, how can we how can we do this together? And so I think what you're seeing now, Elena, is and you've been in the trenches with it. Like, and I'm sure for you, there's probably been some frustration of why I don't understand why we're all not together. Right. Uh -huh. And I share that. But I think like. Um, I would encourage you and, and even for me, it's like this work, the soil concept, like just keep working it. You know, mm -hmm. God's going to keep providing and he'll bring in the right people. And you're seeing the fruit now of um, many, many years and prayers of, you know, I go back to again, like I know 20 plus years ago when there was a small group of pastors just praying together. And so now you're seeing two decades later, the fruit of it. And it's great, but you're still, you know, what, 10, 12 of us together. Um it's still just a small percentage of, you know, um, people and you know, ministers in our area. And so I read a book, um, a great book um, by Eugene Peterson, the pastor. Mm -hmm. And he just outlines like his memoir, basically, of um, his 40 years of ministry in the Baltimore area. And it was really convicting to me. Um, when I read it a few years ago, because he, he was doing the same thing. He was meeting with rabbis in the area. He was meeting with, you know, the priests in the area and other local pastors in the area. And I was like, why? Because he wanted, he wanted to learn. He wanted to know like, Hey, we're in this together and it's okay to have a different expression, but we're still in this together. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so anyway, that's, that's my heartbeat on it is we're on the same team and it's okay that what you do might look differently um that's okay like that's actually beautiful like yeah. it's beautiful how god has given you um what he's given you and so let's figure out like let's just make sure that we're we're united we're unified in our kingdom work yeah so how's it been for you because you are kind of like one of the newer ones mm -hmm. like how's it been on those thursdays like how's yeah. it been for you to join into that so even it's funny like i don't like I do. Maybe it's insecurity or fear. Like even this, I don't feel like I have anything to offer. Like I'm, I, I uh, don't, you know, I'm, uh, even in ministry, like I don't have anything 
of value to add to you. And so um, I kind of dragged my feet for a while. Um, I would go every once in a while where I'd kind of go in, get my coffee and leave, you know, um, this fits great. Like it's great. It, it's, um, you know, I think even in the last few months, like I've heard language like, well, this is my church. This is my small group. And, and, um, you know, my heart breaks, you know, for the, for pastors, you know, um, years ago, like that's my biggest heart is for pastors. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's where you see the expression of unity for, at a pastoral level. And so a couple of years ago, I had the honor of going to up in Seattle and um, go to a church and they, they were celebrating, um, a pastor that had, I think, 35 years of ministry. And I thought, like, I one, I want to be around that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easy to be around, you know, the young guys. And we, you know, we're kind of in the middle, right? But, you know, the people that are just starting out and um, they grow up fast or whatever. And I'm like, I just hit a season. I think it's just my age where I want to be around people that they've done it for a long time because they have so much to offer. Mm-hmm so much wisdom there and for me at a practical level i want pastors to stay in the game yeah and um we i don't know the current data and i know it's not good the amount of pastors that are um leaving um whether forced or because of a failure or they're just they're just tired Mm -hmm. and it breaks my heart i think i think there are times when we do we do graduate it's time to move on um, but those that are just throwing up their hands saying, I'm done, like that breaks my heart. And, um, I think they should be able to stay in as, as long as God allows them. And, um, and so like, that's for me and my biggest thing to bring people together is, Hey, like we're in this together. Mm-hmm. Let's read each other on, let's figure some things out. And if I can help you or you can help me, then let's do it. Mm-hmm. Um, because we need strong churches and strong pastors, um, in our world. So. I love it. I love it. I love walking in on Thursdays and seeing you guys. And, um, you know, it's just been neat because when, when it started over COVID, it was like Aaron and Sean mm-hmm. and Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once COVID was over and stuff to see a few more kind of add in mm-hmm. and then, you know, whatever. But then to now walk in and like the mm-hmm. whole table is full. Yeah. And, um, and to hear you guys, like I, what I love about it is that like, you look over, you're always laughing, Mm -hmm. you're always, and it's just, it's like, I don't know, refreshing Mm -hmm. is what, like, it's refreshing for me to see, but I feel Mm -hmm. like it's gotta be so refreshing for Mm -hmm. you guys to Mm -hmm. just, um, you know, I talked to somebody not long ago and they said that where they used to live, the pastors would all get together and it was just more of like a, um, well, this is what we're doing at our church and mm-hmm. you need to come support it and you need to come be a part of it and you need to give to it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I don't like, that's not what that group is. Yeah. Like you guys mm-hmm. just, I love that mm-hmm. you're able to like talk about the things, but then laugh and yeah. just connect in a level that like the rest of us can't connect with yeah. you because we don't lead churches. Right. And I think too, like the beautiful part of it is like, there's literally like every denomination, uh-huh. like we don't agree on, every piece of doctrine Mm -hmm. and it's like it doesn't matter like we're we agree on the main things right and it's like no we have something to to add and just to be able to relationally connect and i think too like you pointed it out but and i again go back for me decades ago when there 
churches don't play nice together. Mm-hmm. And um, for the for the world, lack of a better term, to see like, wait a minute, there's a group of pastors that they seem to like each other. Yeah. Even though they lead different denominational churches, yeah. they have different doc- doctrinal statements. They can have coffee together and it looks like they like each other. Okay. I'm paying attention to that. Yeah. And so like, that's to me, like there is a secondary benefit to yeah. people that are coming in. And um, so, yeah, it's been really cool to be a part of it, even though I don't think I add anything. I'm just, oh, the, yeah, I'm just the, I'm just the, you know, the guy that comes in and just hangs out and I just listen to everybody else because they're, the, they're definitely all the smart oh, ones. Oh, I doubt that. I no. highly, highly doubt no. that. Um, okay. Well, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you're like, I want to make sure that I say this? Mm, goodness well, gracious. got a microphone in front of No, me. I don't know. That's a great <laughs> question, but no, I, I don't. I just echo, you know, just the conversation. Uh, just thank you for your time. So Yeah. Well, I always end it with... Like what's, you know, we talked about like mm-hmm. what you feel God's saying over chill coffee, but what's he speaking to you personally yeah. right now? That's a great question. So um, I don't know how God works for you in your life when he reveals things, speaks to you, but I'm in a season where I'm not getting the full picture. And uh, we talked about like organization and administration before we went on the air. And um, I don't like just getting snippets <laughs> and uh, God is in a give me snippets season. <laughs> and so be- right before the end of the year, it's maybe the first, second week of December. I was just walking through um, our church lobby on a, like a Tuesday or Wednesday. And out of nowhere, the spirit just dropped something on the inside of me. And it was two words, make room. And so then I'm like, make room. What? Okay. For what? Right. Cause then I go into like, I'd make room for what? And just felt like the Holy Spirit impressed for me is like for my spirit, for make room for my spirit. And so I think there's an individual application. There's a corporate application, I think, for our church and for the church. Um, and so, like, I'm in this season of, okay, God, like, I'm making room for what? And I've got not gotten that for what? It's just make more room for my spirit. And now it's beginning that process of, okay, but something has to purge. And um, what do I need to get rid of? Because to make room for something, you have to get rid of something. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I'm at. I'm in this make room season and I wish God would give me the whole picture. And it's just not happening, unfortunately, but I think that's how God works. And so it's trust. Are you going to keep walking, being faithful and obedient? And so... Um, hopefully at the end of the year, I'll have a better picture. (laughs) Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe I'll be in a a full on fight, fight with God about it. So, but yeah, make room. That's really good. That's really good. I mean, I feel like he's saying that all across. I mean, Mm -hmm. I feel like I feel him saying that too. Like, I don't know. It's been a personal journey, Mm -hmm. um, over the last few months for me of just, um, kind of the same thing of just like purging a lot, a lot of mindsets, a lot of, Mm -hmm. um, just things reprioritizing, Mm -hmm. um, reprioritizing time and priorities, like what's really Mm -hmm. important and how do you make time for that and Mm -hmm. stuff. So, I mean, yeah, Yeah. that's really good. Yeah. Make room. So we'll see, we'll see where it goes. So, well, I want to thank you. And I also, real quick, I want to say a public thank you um, because I think, you know, you have become, and I've told you this, but you're one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram because I feel like you have, um, especially over the past few years, you've done such a good job of supporting people, not just pastors. I mean, we've mm-hmm. talked about the pastor thing, but 
you've done a really good job at loving people well. Mm -hmm. You, um, your heart for people shines through. Mm -hmm. And in a in a season a, of year, the past few years where there's been a lot of division over mm -hmm. a lot of different things and a lot of different topics, um, there's been a few select voices that have really just championed unity mm -hmm. and championed trying to see both sides of different mm -hmm. topics and different situations um, and not really like, there are some things that I know about you that you will dig your heels in and stand mm -hmm. on and fight, fight mm -hmm. for. But there are other things, a lot of other things that you are willing to take the step back mm -hmm. and look and see both sides. Mm -hmm. And um, I personally, I've thanked you in private for it, but mm -hmm. I just want to publicly say, like, thank you for mm -hmm. being an example of that as someone in leadership, mm -hmm. um, because I think it's been really encouraging mm -hmm. and again, refreshing to see like, I don't know, you know, there's such polarizing things and mm -hmm. it, I'm not talking about one specific mm -hmm. topic. Yeah. I'm talking mm -hmm. about all of them, yeah. but you know, there are things that we have our hills that we're willing to die on, but mm -hmm. then we can't be willing to die on every hill. Right. And to be able to have the humility mm -hmm. to step back and say, maybe I'm wrong on this. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to check out the other side and I'm going to check out and I'm going to listen and I'm going to have face-to-face -face conversations mm -hmm. with people to get their perspective. Um, you have been somebody mm -hmm. who has really actually lived that out. Mm -hmm. um, and I appreciate that. So yeah. thank you. Oh, I appreciate those words. Thank you. So thank you for being here. And we'll go enjoy this beautiful sunny yeah, day that Jesus uh, gave it's us. It's going to be windy too. So there, <laughs> have that. Have that sunshine and wind. It's better than snow. <laughs> this, uh, yes, probably true. Guys, wasn't that such a good episode? Oh, I loved it. I loved every part of the conversation. I loved getting to talk to him. Uh, when we were, were, sorry, I can't talk. When we were recording um, and also when we weren't, we had some really good chats and um, I meant what I said. Matt's become a trusted voice. He's become a trusted leader in the community. I love his heart. I love the way that he loves our city and the people in it. Um, I just can't say enough good things. I uh, loved hearing about his son. And I just hope that for those of you who are needing that hope and needing um, just the reminder of God's faithfulness, I pray that that sparks something in you to know that we serve a God who is a healer. Uh, he is a miracle worker and he is good and he is faithful all the time. Um, if you have not been out to center point and want to check it out. It is located at 144 consumer center drive in Chillicothe, Ohio. Go check them out. Uh, fantastic church, fantastic people. Can't say enough good things about the crew out there. So, um, hope you enjoyed this conversation and hope you will join us next week as we kick off some chats with, um, our partners and you can kind of hear their hearts and their stories be, behind how their businesses started. It's, it's really good stuff and you won't want to miss it. I promise. So have a fantastic week and I'll join you back here next week for a new episode of pour it out with Elena Beverly.